We just did this and I forgot how to get the um, record button working. But And go. And go. Here we are with your next favorite episode of the Integrateness Podcast. I am Jason. I'm Jolene. She gets to say her own name now. I do. This is a whole new season. Right? <laughs> new rules. Yeah, I totally just blew, blew my train of thought with that so, song. I know because I brought out another version of me. I brought in the stage version of me. Uh, we're going to talk about the different versions of ourselves. You know, um, we have different roles in our life that create demands and ways that we need to be to function in the world the way life is arranged for us. We also have um, socialized versions of ourselves. You know, we talk a lot about kind of our truest self and then how things in our life uh, happen or relationships uh, form and mold social norms, form and mold who we are as we start to grow um, from a child into adolescence and adulthood. And through that, you can kind of get into that like ego piece of where we start to learn how to behave to get the things that we need or to avoid things that we don't want. And we armor ourselves up and we put costumes on at different times. And it's not that we're not being true to ourselves. We are, in, in my opinion, I think we are truly trying to survive in the environment or their circumstances as best possible so that we can have as little discomfort as possible. I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's where like, you know, you were talking about like armoring up and stuff like that. Like people, you hear about disassociative disorder or multiple personality mm -hmm. disorder and these different personalities being created quite often out of trauma, trauma or abuse. They want to, they're in moments of say, like being physically abused or sexually abused. So they almost create a different person so that they don't have to experience it. And they even forget these things happen, right? I mean, those are extreme cases of, of different versions of ourselves, but we're all affected by and changed by the experiences that we live through. And that will have us tweaking ourselves as we go along. And in certain cases with certain people we interact with or jobs, you even slightly put on a different personality in order to do the work. Like I know you worked when you're working with the government work with some pretty fucked up people for lack of a better word. So you probably aren't, weren't the same Jolene as you are say doing the work you're doing now privately or when you went home to your kids or your yeah, spouse I, at the time. I wasn't as soft. I, I talk about a softness and a hardness and an armored up version, a protected version mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So yes. So Something I, I do kind of pride myself on, and I think most people is like underneath to the core, there is an essence of me that always exists within that. But different people in different situations are going to get different expressions of it. And it's almost like, here's the house. Some people are allowed in the front door. Some people are allowed in the back door. Don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> some people... <laughs> It's true. Um, oh my. <laughs> but like we all have different boundaries and points of access and, and things like you guys get a version of me here. And I've always been really clear on my social media page. Like you were getting a um, self disclosing version of me, but you are not truly getting the non-professional version of Jolene. Like that's my private page. And <laughs> that it like, there's always a censored filtered version, believe it or not on that page and here. So, you know, I, I think you're getting an authentic version of me, but not everyone gets like backroom access or like in the kitchen with the cooks, you're mm -hmm. allowed in the restaurant, but you're not always going to like see the order forms and go to the distribution companies and stuff. Right. 
So that's kind of the way I like to describe that because sometimes people are like, well, does that mean I'm not being authentic? And that's what we start to grow into. And that's a beautiful thing about what I get to do in my work is a lot of people are coming to me in their late 30s, 40s. Holy shit, lots of people in their 20s in this generation are doing the work that 40-year-olds from the 70s or 80s generations are finally working on. And those, like, when they were at 40, 50 years in their life, it's happening sooner, which I think is promising. That's fantastic. Because I look at some of these 21-year-olds I'm working with and I'm like, what you are doing is what 50-year-olds are working on right now. So kudos to you. Um, So I'm hopeful about future generations and evolution and living differently. But essentially, we go through all those years of armor to get to where we need to be and establish everything in our life. And then we reach a point where we're like, we're so unfulfilled and unsatisfied. And this is what a lot of my I Am The One workshop is based on, that we're like, I can't carry all of this anymore. And like, who is underneath all of this? And we start demasking and we start getting down to what that original truest version of us was. And then we decide what we're going to pick up and put back Mm -hmm. on instead of be forced to through parental connections or unsafe friendships or a job that requires so much of us. You know, I just had a young girl in my office yesterday and it was my first time meeting her and she's this beautiful feminine woman and she is in a shark sales industry that is very patriarch and male dominated. And she kept telling me like, I don't even know how I feel anymore. Like, I don't even know how I feel. And I'm like, I'm not surprised because you are required to override that on a daily basis, regardless of how it makes you feel. And it didn't make her feel good, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about not quitting the job, but reconciling what her role there might be and what her self-expression is going to be, what her path is going to be there if that is the industry she wants to be in, right? But these are all really great examples of how Once we reach a point where we start connecting more with ourselves, we get to choose those costumes and pieces of clothing and accessories we put on instead of be forced to. Exactly. That's working with Alicia, who's been my counselor. She always says you find peace when you get to your truest version of yourself, right? And so that's, I've worked on that now for five years, Um, but you need to. And and it's funny how much like being at the paper I look at that as like, it was a great job in the sense of all the skill set it taught me. Yes. And the experiences I got, you know, some of the experiences I got out of it. But from a personal thing, it was the absolute worst thing I could do. But I wasn't aware of that until I was too far in and how much it was affecting me. But that changed a lot of where I was. And I went to, I think, to a lot darker place for a lot, for a number of years. um, Because that's what it took to survive. Mm -hmm. Almost like a numbing of the soul in order to, to... deal with these other people's traumas and grief and talk about it openly and talk to people who've experienced horrible things Mm -hmm. and even the horrible things I saw. Yeah. And I was in the same place in my government job. That was when I was in uh, my relationship with my, my ex husband at the time. And that was all a very numb period of my life. And I remember when I had that realization a few years ago and went like, what happened to that girl before that? Where did she go? What, whoa, whoa, what happened? Mm -hmm. Where is this disconnect? And there's this large chunk where it is. It was like this numbing. And I see, I get to see that in hundreds of people that roll through my office. So I believe that is part of the human experience in terms of like what we have to go through Mm -hmm. in order to reach our points of evolution while we're here. And it looks different for everybody. And it happens at a different time in your life for everybody, 
right? And, you know, some people will say, like, the term I was always told as a kid, like, you're an old soul, right? And, you know, I look at that as in, like, this ain't your first rodeo here, right? Mm -hmm. So those people are getting those things happening earlier in life, tragedies earlier in life, those kinds of things. Some of the people who aren't getting to these places until later in life, maybe it's their first or second rodeo here, right? Yep. Depending on what your belief system is. So the cool thing I get to see is this is a very... Um, consistent pattern where people will go through these periods of numbness, darkness. They look back and they're like, how the fuck was I going through that? Like, what was that? I was, I wasn't even aware of it. Like, it's so obvious to me now, but not then. And I think that that is intentional numbness and blindness because we have to go through that in order to be where we are now. We just have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, oh, what is it called? There's a, it was an Egyptian phrase. It's like, it's like rebirth. Yeah. I you got to go that. through something that causes, that changes you. So you become reborn. As a newer version of yourself. I guess you could say it's like the uh, the cocoon, the caterpillar cocoon, uh, the yeah. butterfly kind of thing, that's really, right? That's really funny because as you were saying that, I'm like, it's almost like when you go from the womb to the outside world. I'm like, it's the canal. <laughs> <laughs> but in life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's true and you need to change. So it's a prime example. It really hit me about a month ago. I found some of my old high school yearbooks. Yes. So I open them up and I'm going through them. And Griffin's sitting with me and he's like, where is you? And I went to grade 11 me and I said, well, here I am. And he kind of looked at it, and then he looked up at me, and he looked back at it, and then he looked up at me, and he goes, Dad, how do you go from that, <laughs> who by any standard is a hardcore nerd, and then he totally pointed me to that, which you're, is the opposite. You're badass now. Right? And I was just kind of like, and it really made me think. And I really, looking back, because I guess, you know, not even being aware of the adoption thing at the time, and just other stuff going on. I wasn't like a happy kid. Like I was a happy kid. I wasn't an unhappy kid, but something always was wrong. Mm. And I look back and I really did not like that version of me back then. Oh. Right? And that came across. And I kind of went through all these things to bring out the other sides of my personality that lay dormant for whatever, having a, a domineering adoptive mother or whatever, and then losing a father, all these things. But needed to kind of take that nerdy kid beat him up a bit and force him to toughen up and adapt and learn all these skills that have made me the person I am now, where I still love, I hunt ghosts for a living. That's a pretty geeky thing to do. And I love my movies and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I also got an appreciation for stuff like boxing and yoga and hiking and the outdoors. And, you know, I like I have my little adrenaline kick sports that I've mm -hmm. done. So you, it's a change. You need to go through these changes. So you don't lose that. But you improve upon it. And I think you learn to like and appreciate yourself more. Yeah. But you got to go through that shit. I, and I, I really believe that. Like, and we've talked about that before. I think it was in our grief episode that like, honestly, the hardest, darkest things have brought us to the most rewarding places, mm -hmm. right? Neither one of us would be standing here without the tragedies in our lives. And I really believe that. And when people um, even talk about, uh, y you know, difficulties, living with their their partner's pasts and things like that or jealousy around exes and stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a little bit of a side segue or whatever, but I, I always say I'm like, very rarely are people going back to their exes. you got to worry about the people they haven't met yet. Like, <laughs> nobody so wants true. to go back to their exes, yeah. right? But um, really looking and recognizing that like every single decision every person made led them to where they are. So 
we can't hate on that stuff. We can't, you know, go back and really truly want to change that because it's created the version of them that maybe you've fallen in love with or like the version of us that's recording right now. Yeah. The version of us that you guys are getting right now. Like you're getting a different version of us than you got in May when we recorded, right? Oh, way different. Way Everything different. that's occurring in our lives is constantly transforming us. And we hope that you guys are a different version of yourselves while you're listening here too. So I want you to kind of think like in the morning when you get ready, who are you? Like, who are you waking up as? Like, I'm very much waking up as a mom with kids screaming for me, but I'm getting dressed to either be a professional or like today to go to Pilates to be a superstar (laughs) (laughs) and then come here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm dressing myself as a different version of myself, depending on what's demanded of me each day. And then I shift between roles constantly, mm-hmm. often, right? Especially if like you're in work mode and then all of a sudden something comes up with your kid and you go into dad mode. And, you know, it's really cool. If you were to look at yourself as this really neat shapeshifter, we morph and adjust into all these roles. The other thing that's happening that so many times we're unaware of is during all of our day-to-day interactions, we get triggered into those previous versions of ourselves all the time. So now your boss comes to you and is questioning about such and such and you like shrink down to the six-year-old version of you and it's dad yelling at you and all of a sudden you're a six-year-old at the newspaper being like, yeah, okay, uh, and now you're distracted. Where do I start? What's happened? What did he ask me to do? Okay, I can't go back. We are constantly slingshot back into these versions of our lives until we manage to resolve traumas and like EMDR is great for that. Other somatic releases are really good for that. Um, But until we're able to really integrate and call Mm -hmm. forward all these versions of us and have better control over them, we're doing that while we're in the present moment being all these roles that we need to be. Oh yeah. And it's it's, wild. It is wild. And you're right. And I see so many people that haven't reconciled those past traumas or versions of themselves that are stuck in a loop. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to, or it's too hard, or they don't want to face it, or, or for whatever very reason. Or they reason. just don't know. They're they don't not, even know. They they're not there. They're still in that numb stage. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, there was a huge version of me in that numb stage that I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like 12-year-old me for a couple years, or 19-year-old me, right? Right. Or whatever version. Like, even like 24-year-old me, just being 24-year-old me, right? Yeah, totally. So sometimes they're aware, sometimes it's too hard, and sometimes they have no idea yeah. until something activates that process yeah and ho- hopefully because i've seen some people who've never had that process activated at and all there right? they are on their deathbed and like still yep. no self-awareness and you're like oh this was this was their first life here yeah <laughs> <This> <laughs> got is their it. Chance at it right? yeah. yeah and then all the people in their lives it's like their ninth life because they had to cope with that shit for so long yep. and work through so many things oh yeah i'm thinking of your mom here oh yeah right yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy it's crazy it is wild So being able to kind of look at all of that, and I want you to kind of think to yourself, what are, what are the versions of you that you like the best? Right? Yeah. Like I, I really like work version of me and what influences that is that I get to be living out the majority of my Mm -hmm. life purpose there. Um, I, I am mostly uninterrupted guys. I love my office. I'm focused. I have a start, a stop. I can actually eat my lunch because I pack it 
and I will give myself time to eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are things in my actual workday and in the role that I have, and I'm my own boss, so I'm calling the shots everywhere there. Whereas so many other areas of my life, I am not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm expected to be, right? Like, you're in charge, but you don't get to fucking make all these decisions, right? Like yeah. Life makes it for <laughs> oh you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I really like the controlled environment that my work offers me, the consistency, the calm, and most of all, that reciprocal exchange of my giving and my work and then equipping everyone else to go out and live their better lives too, right? So I really love that. And then there's moments, small moments where I love being a mom. (laughs) Small, special moments. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, of course. But like being a mom is so different if I don't have any other things that I need to worry about. I actually fantasize sometimes about just being a mom. And if like some other things were taken care of in my life, I think I would like love so much more of that right I love when I can really be present with them and it's just kind of me and my kids doing our thing Mm -hmm. and that's why I would love going out to the lake with them for periods of time and it was just kind of us being free I like was disconnected from everything right um so I do really love those kind of pieces and now a new version of me that is a healed version of me in a new role as a girlfriend I really like that too when she's behaving Fuck, she again, there's all these previous versions that come out for both of us, right? And we're both very conscious and aware of that, and we talk through it, and it's such a safe place for all of that. But yeah, that's exactly it. Like, here it's like 41 year old Jolene, and then all of a sudden there's like this like 21 year old version of me that starts to like pull back or you know, create some distance, armor up. That's that's mm-hmm. my thing. I, I armor up because I'm like, okay, I'm bracing for impact here, and everything's getting heavy so I just gotta hold it all right yeah so that's when she starts misbehaving by retracting right putting on the bat suit oh my god yeah yeah and it doesn't fit anymore (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't fit That's another reality of life. Yeah, Yeah, so what about you? Like what roles do you like? I like well I like like the badass Jay. But I like how badass Jay at the same time can hang out with his son on his bed playing with his stuffies and become these different personalities within the stuffies, like mm-hmm. Owen the bear or Jake the shark kind of thing. I like I like how I can do that. There's a time I couldn't. Yeah. I could not connect with that that part of me, the kid-like part. Um, and your Lego here. And my Lego here, right? Yeah. So I think I'm liking that the badass Jay can be kind of that kid a, a bit again. But it's a different kid. That's, and mm-hmm. I think that's something to be, that's important to realize too. Even when you connect with that child, that child isn't going to be the child you remember from that era. Like, what prime example, my buddy Carl, who I've mentioned before, he's the big nostalgia guy. Our favorite cartoon as a kid was Mighty Orbots. And he found it on YouTube. He's like, I found Mighty Orbots on YouTube. And he sent it to me like, fuck yeah, I'm going to sit down and watch this right now. And I got it halfway through the first one. I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, I can't connect with it on that level wow. of being that kid. I couldn't. And it was just, I acknowledged all the flaws of it. Yeah. And stuff. And like, why are they got so much narration? They don't need that. You know what I mean? It was funny. I couldn't disconnect that. So there's moments, but I can go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. And be that kid again. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that, Jay, because when we start to do inner child healing, which I'm sure you've been doing with mm-hmm. Alicia, and especially just going back and doing your trauma work, we start to equip that younger version of ourselves with what they needed, which was a, you know, an adult that was safe and secure, or maybe a voice or maybe an exit out of a situation. Mm -hmm. And we recall them forward to integrate them with the current version of us. And I say that from like a psychological, neurological perspective, but also 
when I'm working with energy, which I do in my work, I energetically call back those versions of individuals as well and mm -hmm. reconcile that in the energy bodies. So there is this huge piece where that child is now equipped and doesn't have the same negative cognitions, doesn't have the same insecurities, is able to maybe safely self-express and will experience all those things differently. Yeah. Which then brings this weird kind of grief of like, oh, it's not the same. And it's like, it's not supposed to be. No, it can't. But recognize that what it offered you as a child and what it offered your buddy as a child is exactly what it needed to at the time. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like when they say like you can't go home again, it's like in a way you can't mm -hmm. because it's different now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't negate the memories of it. It's yeah. just some things can't be revisited in the same manner. Yeah. I mean, tell Uncle Rico that. He thinks he's making the team stuff. <laughs> Uncle Rico, it's long <laughs> past, buddy. Go have a chicken quesadilla. <laughs> so for you guys, I really want you to think which roles of you are you most fond of? Which roles do you resent? Like, are there roles that you resent? So Jay, for you, do you resent some roles sometimes? Oh, sure. I think I think it's just natural. Yep. Just because, like you say, when you're depleted, like there's a while, a while there, if it was hard to be the husband, when mm -hmm. I just had so much other stuff going on, you know, but that, that phase, it, like we talked about before, that, that passed. Yeah. And that time went. I... See, I'm not so much a son anymore. I think there's a part of me having now found birth, like a by mm -hmm. birth family and being like a son again when that was over. Like I kind of finished yeah. that already. So it's like when there's moments when I'm kind of called on to be that son, I'm kind of like, well, I've, I've, I've done this. Yes. And I oh, don't wow. really want to again, Like, yeah. it, which is hard. It's kind of hard to bring that up, but you don't, you don't, I did it. Yeah. I did it. And, and that's over. I'm happy to be like a father oh. and a husband now, not a kid again. Yeah. Something I talk about with my clients lots is when they are often there, we're healing like ancestral wounds, right? Yep. We are healing things that our generations before us has passed down. And often it's like grandma taught mom this, which is also how to sew and how to preserve food and how to live and how to raise a family and all these lovely things that we get passed down in our lives. But we also pass down some of the wounds and stuff too. So grandma taught mom something and then mom taught us something. And now that generation's going like, oh, I got to tidy up all this stuff because I don't like the way my life is. So then they start going back and looking at these familial patterns and it's like, okay, wait a sec. I'm supposed to teach my mom this now. I'm supposed to be her parent. And I was like, yeah, so that's kind of how it works, I think. And this is the pattern I'm seeing, right? I'm like, when it comes to like learning to survive and the things that you're going to need in your homework box, <laughs> that's passed down. And when you find some of the solutions, yeah, that's your job to pass it back up. <laughs> and you get to do the healing so that it goes backwards and forwards for the generations to come. So I'm sorry, but yeah, that's your homework. And they're like, <laughs> I don't want to be my mom's mom. And I was like, too bad. Yep. <laughs> you got the golden Willy Wonka ticket. <laughs> you have to do so. And sometimes as kids, we do have to do that. Yeah. Right? Although, yeah. although if it's past, I think if it's your parents' trauma, it's not on us to fix that for no, them. No, but what I found is really beautiful ways to equipped people with the ways to model the change in living and it inspires the moms. This happens mm -hmm. a lot because I, I, I attract a lot of women to my practice and that's what my workshop attracts as well. And when the, the, the offspring, like when the daughters are working through their stuff, the mom starts to see how it changes their lives and where that creates conflict is if there's a change in relationship and mom is resentful in an unfulfilling relationship or something like that. And she's like, Oh my God, I am so proud of you because this has been my struggle for the last 20 years or something, yeah. right? And then there's this like, I see how happy you are and that's what I've been resentful of not having for my life. And 
they didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook. All they had was neighbors around them and they compared to them. That was all they had. That was their resource. They had maybe, maybe magazines or fucking, um, Radio and Montel TV. Jordan yeah. or not Montel. Yeah. Montel Williams, Mont- Will- Williams right? Like yeah. all these talk shows. That's where you got your life experience and your tips from, right? That's a sad reality to yeah, get your life experience now, from Montel if, Williams. If you want to change your life, if you want to exercise, if you want to diet differently, if you want to change your psychological structure and stuff, you can look that shit up, mm-hmm. right? Like our previous generations didn't have that. So I'm like, you have this massive toolbox. It's your job to share that so that they at least know they can change something if they want to. They don't even know these things exist. And that's been really beautiful. So as long as you're not taking responsibility for your parents' healing, but you do share the opportunity, it's really beautiful. And I've seen it start to filter up into previous generations. Where it gets pretty gridlocked is when you get to the grannies who are at their end stage and they're like, hard no, right? (laughs) But... You still get to make those change and shifts because now maybe mom's setting better brownies and boundaries with granny, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So look at your roles along the midsection and in your life. (laughs) That you play, the parts you play, and how, which ones work for you, which don't. How could you see changing those roles to kind of get the best version of yourself. Yeah. And to make sure that you still have your authentic expression throughout all of them, because I believe that in all the roles of my life, I don't truly change who I am to Mm -hmm. the core, but you get different flavors of me. Um, Whereas like, if you feel like you are inauthentic in any of your roles, then those are the ones you really want to look and be like, what's preventing me from bringing my truer self to this? Because we're going to have so many versions of self-expression. We just want to make sure that they are as authentic as they can be in those times. Exactly. Yeah. Well said, Jolene. Oh, thanks. That wraps up this episode of the Integrateness Podcast. We're back next week with your next favorite episode. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.